0: Schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly realm or in the heavenly realms. And that's what we're going to be spending our time on this morning. If we could have slide two, please. I thought you might appreciate just a picture of a kitten. But you know, sometimes when you're listening to to a sermon, when, when somebody is preaching, we like to introduce things a step at a time. And as you sit and as you listen, the picture becomes clear and things fit together. Well, this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by telling you everything I'm going to say. And then I'm going to go back and fill in the gaps and give some more detail. So everything that we're going to look at in in this passage this morning, we're going to have a look at now. So hopefully, I'm not letting the cat out of the bag, but rather, I'm giving us the context to help us understand each of the different bits as we go through them. So if we could have slide three. This scripture shows us really three things. The first thing it shows us is that there is, there is a fight. There is, there is confrontation. There is a struggle. And that that is something which is a cosmic battle. So as Christians, as people who have chosen to follow Jesus, who have said at some point in our lives, and however we said it, at some point we've said, Jesus, I just, I just want you to come into my life and and forgive me of my sins. I know, I know I've been living apart from you and I want more and I want you to be my Lord and I, and I want to follow you. And whether we said that in some eloquent way or we said that in some really not eloquent at all way, whenever we said that, we became Christians. And as Christians, we're involved in some kind of conflict which is more than just physical. It has a spiritual dimension. Uh, And just to avoid confusion, or or maybe inadvertently to introduce confusion, in the passage, it used the word struggle, our struggle is. Uh, And this morning, I'm going to use the word struggle, battle, conflict, challenge, interchangeably. Um, Whatever word I use, I mean the same thing. I mean this clash between ourselves as Christians and forces which stand against us, forces which are opposite and opposed to the, the life that we have chosen to live as Christians. You, you, you might think, well, couldn't you have just picked one word and stuck with that all the way through? That, that perhaps would have been clearer and would have helped us all. And maybe it would, but in my preparation, I've, I have found I've got the inability to be consistent and use one word. But we are talking about the same thing, we're talking about some kind of cosmic battle. And the second thing is, it talks about putting on the armor of God. There's a charge, there's an instruction to be prepared for battle, to be prepared for confrontation. And this morning, really, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, but next week, we're going to look in detail at the armor of God, and we're going to look at how we prepare and then the third section that we're going to look at from this passage is the fact that the battle we are in, the challenge, the struggle, has a context. There's a, there's a famous English person once said, Context is all. We have to understand the context of everything. So the context here is the battle has already been won, the context is complete and utter victory for God the angelic host, and the Christian community. The context is complete and utter defeat and destruction for the devil, the demons, and the forces of darkness. So with that big picture, let's get into some more detail. If we could have slide number four. So there is a fight, and it says in the passage that there are things that are against us. And I've put them in red, and what you'll see is it's basically half the passage. The things that are against us are are the devil's schemes. The things that are against us are rulers and authorities and powers of this dark world. The things that are against us are spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And and it says that our struggle is against these things. And and if we could just have the next slide, I just want to explain that word a bit, struggle. This is what we say about struggle. The people who cycle or run or enjoy walking have already got it. This is what we say about struggle. We say, Oh, it was a struggle, but I made it. We don't say, it was a struggle, but there was just no way I could do it. So, so this picture is, is taken in the Lake District. So if you know the Lake District, there's, there's a place called Windmere, Um, and there's a a town called Windmere, and a a bit further up the lake, there's another small town called Ambleside. And there's a road that goes over from Windmere over a mountain pass to another lake called Ullswater. Now, if you're in this town called Ambleside, the sensible thing to do is to drive down to Windmere and take the big road over the mountain pass. But there's actually a little cut-through road, which is a shortcut. And it takes you, and if you can see, if you've got eyes like a hawk, you can see a little lake on the right hand side. That's Lake Windmere, and Ambleside's just down there. There's a a little road, which is a cut through road, and it's called The Struggle. It's very steep, it's very narrow, and it's quite windy. But it's not called The Impassable Route. It's not called Try This, and you're doomed to failure. It's called the struggle because it's a harder route. So when it says our struggle, it means something which is a challenge to us, but we make it. Something which is difficult, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's something that we overcome and get there. A struggle is not something which we cannot do. A struggle is something that we achieve with effort. So our struggle our thing which we achieve with effort is against the devil's schemes, rulers, authorities, powers, spiritual forces in heavenly realms. It's a cosmic struggle. And I just want to explain a little bit about what, what is this, you know, heavenly realms, this kind of like cosmic battle. I I'm just me, surely. I mean, I, you know, I could just about open a tin of beans and feed myself. I'm not sure that that I I'm part of like a, a heavenly realm. Well, our existence, if I, this is not erudite, but if you want a workmanlike explanation of, of the heavenlies and the physical, here it comes. Our existence falls into different spheres or different realms. The first one is one that we're all very comfortable with. It's the physical. It's what we can touch. It's what we can taste. It's what we can smell. It's what we can hear. And part of our existence is in this realm. It's the physical realm. But there's another realm that, again, we're all very comfortable with and we've always understood well. But it's not physical in any way. Our thoughts, our emotions, hope, fear. But this next realm, this non-physical realm, but a realm that we're comfortable with and we understand well, is more than just our own thoughts and our own emotions. Morality. Morality peace, justice, these are things that exist. We have a handle on them. We know what they are. Now, even before we were Christians, we had a sense that there was another realm. There was another zone, another sphere that was out there that was beyond what we already knew, what we already experienced, beyond that physical flesh, beyond that non-physical soulish realm, there was another realm. And, and um, a French philosopher, Pascal, Blaise Pascal, he, the shortened version is, is a, he, he said about 300 years ago, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of man. The, the longer version is far more erudite, but it explains that there's a deep yearning in humanity, that, that we understand that there's something beyond and that something beyond is that God is real. God exists, and he exists in a heavenly realm, another realm that is beyond, a spiritual realm. And as we become Christians, as we open up our hearts to Jesus, what happens is we become spiritually alive, and our existence is no longer just physical. It's no longer just in those concrete, non-physical things, but we become a spiritual being, and we we begin to establish a spiritual reality. And the things which are in this realm, which at first seems fanciful, God and angels and demons and the devil, and they exist out there, it becomes something which it's still out there, it's still a realm that that our connection with is difficult to, to comprehend. But it's something that we begin to get a handle of more and more. And and basically, let's put it this way. As a Christian, there's more to our life than just our life. The challenge we face, the struggle we go through is more than just the physical. It's more than just the non-physical Involves the heavenlies, and in fact, the challenge, the struggle, the clash doesn't start in the physical. It starts in the heavenlies. If we could have the next slide, slide number six. This uh, this passage of scripture explains what the conflict is and the involvement of the heavenly realms in that conflict, perhaps uh, best, and it will help us move forward. So in Colossians 1, 12 to 13, it says this, giving joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he lives. We were, even though we perhaps didn't even have a concept of it, we were in the dominion of darkness. And we have come out of that, and we have come into the kingdom of light. And in doing so, in making that transference, what we've done is we have become an enemy of the dominion of darkness. The two kingdoms are diametrically opposed to each other. There's a clash. And as we live our lives in the kingdom of light, we are constantly in opposition to the dominion of darkness. But there's a touch of the pantomime here, and I don't want to trivialize it, but it's, it's as simple as this, isn't it? Which one do you choose? Dominion of darkness or kingdom of light? It's like, dominion of darkness, boo hiss. Kingdom of light, ray, ray. It's like, yes, there's a conflict, But we've made the right choice. We've made the right choice. So, there is a cosmic level confrontation between the forces of good and the forces of evil. And as Christians, as people who have come into the kingdom of light, that conflict and that confrontation affects our lives as we live our lives. And all of us, if we could have slide seven, all of us are in this. If we could just have. So in two Timothy three twelve it says this. It says, "Indeed, all who delight in pursuing righteousness, and are determined to live godly lives in Christ Jesus, will be hunted and persecuted." It's one of it's one of Jesus' promises to us. In this life, you will have many troubles. It's, it's, if you're old enough to remember promise boxes, it's probably not one of the scriptures that people wound up and put into the promise box. But it is a result of the uh, the clashing kingdoms. So, So we're in this thing. Well, what I'd say is, look, we're in it. There is a struggle. There is a challenge that with difficulty we get through. Let's not hide from it. here's here's a thought not to entertain, here's here's somewhere not to go. You could look at that scripture, and you could hear what I'm saying, and, and think this, you could say, if he's saying, if I earnestly follow God, and work out my salvation with fear and trembling, and try and become all that God's got for me, and do all that God's called me to do, I am going to be persecuted, I am going to bring myself into greater conflict with the dominion of darkness. What about if I do Christianity light? A kind of reduced intensity version of real Christianity. I still do a few meetings. I still do a bit of Bible reading. I give some money to charity. I don't do evangelism because that would wind the devil up. I, I, I live a kind of christian life definitely enough to get me into heaven but not enough to bother the devil well well why not entertain that kind of thinking well first of all and, and most importantly just cuz it's plain wrong it's it's just not how we should think but but it does this this is god's promise to us you will have trouble yes but it's one of many many promises And it fits within an overarching promise, which is, I have come to bring you life in all its fullness. Now, yes, that life might mean you're actually holding on to the rails of the roller coaster, and it's not just the kind of little swan ride or the teacups. It's actually a bit of white knuckle at times, but it's the most exciting, it's the most fulfilling, it's the most rewarding life. And if we try and live below everything that God's got for us, the person who's missing out most is ourselves. So yes, it will bring us into conflict with the devil. Of course it will. And of course it should. But we wouldn't want to miss out on anything that God's got for us. But also, if we could have the next slide, slide eight, there's also this. Be watchful and control yourselves. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to swallow up. Stand up to him. Remain strong in what you believe. And if we could have slide nine, we've got to um, avoid the temptation to go all David Attenborough and, and start deciding should the lion have a mane or not have a mane or who's hunting or who's prowling. But, But one thing we can talk about in terms of lions is this. Lions are ambush predators. Whether they're prowling or whether they're stalking, we can can talk about that. But they they are opportunistic ambush predators. They're not cheaters. They actually have quite a small heart relative to their body mass. They prey on the prey that naturally becomes available to them. In other words... The weak and those that are wandering off and doing their own thing are more likely to fall prey to a lion than those that are standing strong and those that are doing the right thing, doing what the herd is called to do. So, being a strong Christian brings into conflict with our enemy, the devil, but being a weak Christian makes us prone to being attacked by the devil. Which one do you choose? If you're going to go into a scrap, what would you rather do? Would you rather go into a scrap with your eyes up, going into it, or would you rather get jumped from behind, unawares? I think I know which one I'd rather do. So we are in a fight. It's a fight that originates in the clash of two kingdoms. It's a fight that we embrace. It's a struggle. It's something we go through that is a challenge, but we go through. It's not against flesh and blood. We could have slide 10. It's not against individual people. We represent the kingdom of light. We were in the dominion of darkness. Our friends, so many people are still within the dominion of darkness. Our hope, our prayers, our yearning is for them to also be able to come out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light. Whilst they are in the dominion of darkness, they may do actions, they may do activities, they may live in a certain way which persecutes us, which brings us into conflict. But our beef is not with that individual person. It's not with that individual soul. It may be with their behavior, which is a result of them being trapped within the dominion of darkness. But our heart towards that individual person, even within the most significant confrontation, our heart to that individual soul is to be ambassadorial, not adversarial. If we could move to slide 11. There is a fight, and we are in the fight. And there's a charge for us to prepare for the fight. It talks in in this passage about putting on the whole armor of God. And if we could have the next slide, slide 12. It talks about putting on the armor of God for purpose, to stand against. And there's a lot to unpack there. And there's there's different parts of the armour. And the next few verses explain in detail about the different elements of armour. The armour helps us. There's there's a charge here, there's an, an onus on us to prepare for the struggle. We shouldn't take that lightly. I've explained about dominion of darkness, kingdom of light. I think we've already understood there's an inequality there. We don't need to worry unduly about, are we prepared, are we not prepared? I've only just become a Christian, and I'm in a confrontation, and I don't know these things about, you've got God inside of you. That's the main thing. That's the main thing and the only thing. We are part of the kingdom of light we are born of an imperishable seed. There's nothing Satan can do to pluck us from God's grasp. But the armor will help us. So next week, we're going to unpack that. And so that's, that's my kind of like pass to Dan. Just shovel it over. Next week, we're going to unpack that in detail. And, and all the application that I'm not giving anybody at all today, Dan's going to cover wonderfully next week. Um, so if we can move on to the next slide. The context of our battle. So yes, we're in a battle. Yes, we need to be prepared. But there's a perspective here that we need to grasp. See, even looking in Ephesians that we've been doing as a church, we've been following different themes that we've looked at. And here we are in chapter 6. There's an indication of where this message, which is an important message, is an indication of where it sits It sits within a bigger context of things God wants to explain to us, things God wants us to grasp. We've already had, by my reckoning, um, I was going to say correct me if I'm wrong, but that that doesn't work in a kind of sermon thing. It it just sounds like heckling. So so if I'm wrong, just tell me later, will you? But by my reckoning, we've had 17 different sessions on Ephesians. We've looked at 17 different aspects of, before we get to this one, you want to know what they are? That's a rhetorical question. I'm going to read them out anyway. So, so I hope you want to be reminded. I think we've had, we are chosen, we are loved and redeemed, the guarantee of our inheritance in Christ, the power of God revealed in Christ, but God, dot, dot, dot. United in Christ, the church, who we are, the mystery of the church revealed, prayer, Working for oneness, gifts for purpose, the new life, imitators of God, filled with the Spirit, marriage, parenting, slaves and masters, all topics, all themes, and now we have spiritual warfare, an important theme that sits among other themes. You see, here's the thing, as Christians, we're still people. And as a group of people, a collection of people across the globe, as a movement and a collection, we have our very own Wally Fringe. People who are still Christians, who still love Jesus, but have got themselves all tied up in knots about this or that or the other. And there's an element of Christians, lovely people, who are in the Wally Fringe. You know what I mean, the Wally Fringe? People who are just... You you know, like... I'll just leave it at that, the Wally Fringe. They get hung up on spiritual warfare. There's a witch's coven that controls this area. We need to geo-plot the area and march, and we need to pray, and we need to intercess. And, and yes, yes we do. But we also need to do it as part of a full salvation, a full revelation of God's purposes and to get hung up on one aspect, you know, it's like the old saying, it's, it's those blind men describing the elephant, it's like, oh, it's a snake, it's long, and it's thin, and it's thin, and it writhes, and it, and it moves, and we go, like, no, it's like a tree, it's, it's wide, and it's huge, and it goes up. Someone else going, no, it's like a fluffy little feather duster, he's on the tail, it's like... It's like No, no, you've got to stand back and look at the big picture. You'll never comprehend an elephant if you're only constantly looking at one aspect of the whole. So, yes, there is a battle. It is a cosmic uh, conquest, contest. It's, It's huge, but it's part of our experience as Christians. And, and we want to be engaged in spiritual warfare because we are engaged in spiritual warfare because we are spiritual beings in the kingdom of light. But that's not the only thing we ever go on about because there's so much more of the riches of Christ that we would be missing out on if we just focused myopically on this one area. And you know, there's a preacher, um, Penny and Glenn, and myself, we, we like uh, to listen to Andrew Womack. He says, oh, people go, oh, this is such a hard, dry area. Oh, it's controlled by demonic forces. And he said, well, I'm going to move to town. So the spiritual atmosphere is going to change because Jesus is inside of me. So as soon as I move in, the atmosphere is changed. It's like, you know, there are some people I, like, spend all their time praying against the forces of enemy. They, they forget that actually, We're we're on the victorious side and we've got Jesus inside of us. Let's just walk in and start doing stuff rather than just constantly... Anyway, I've made the point. Let's move on. But in terms of this context, in terms of this um, challenge, some people, I think, sometimes imagine it to be almost like this. Uh, Slide 14, please. It's perhaps not the best picture, but they imagine... Two equally matched opponents, where on any given day either of them could win. It's the forces of heaven against the hordes of hell. Well, you'd have your money on the forces of heaven, but you know, the forces of hell have been training well these last few weeks, and we could be in for an upset here. It's like, no, no, it's not some kind of like equally matched. You know, if we want a picture that illustrates a, co- a contest, at least this next picture, slide 15. At least it shows something of the match. There is absolutely no equality here. God and the devil are just simply not equally matched opponents. The the outcome of the battle in the heavenlies is not in doubt. It's not, well, if we replayed it 1,000 times, we'd probably get at least one freak event, you know, where... Wolves just had a good game yesterday, didn't they? They beat Tottenham. They did very well, which is, you know, go, go, go Wolves. But um, that happens in football. The best teams sometimes lose to teams that are significantly inferior to them. And after the game, every, you can see them in the press conferences. They're kind of like talking and scratching their head at the same time, and they're going, don't really know why that happens. And, and they, they use phrases like, we just didn't turn up. This is not that kind of battle this is not that kind of conquest. You run this one billion times, God wins one billion times. The outcome is never in doubt. There is no chance. There is no possibility of the devil. He's so far. In fact, it says he's beneath our feet. And where do we stand in this? We have chosen To become a Christian, we've accepted Christ into our lives and we are seated with Christ at the right hand of God. And in the same way, the conquest between God and the devil is so ill matched, it's inconceivable. The contest between the light in us and the forces of darkness is also so ill matched, it's inconceivable. Victory is The only option for us. So if we could have slide 16, it's even better than that. It's not just that we're on the side that inevitably will win because of its vast superiority. It's not just that not only are we associated with that side, but we're sitting on the right hand of God and victory is destined. It's even better. Victory has already happened it's already finished. The battle, the war, the final battle is over. It says here, I have won the battle over the world. What we're dealing with in our struggle is some kind of plays of the devil that are still in operation. Plays that are still going on, but the final outcome's already been determined. I believe um, at the end of World War II, which was in 1945, I believe there was a Japanese soldier on an island that didn't get any of the messages to surrender and finally surrendered in 1972. The war was over. Japan and the West had become peaceful allies. People had moved on and had children and had grandchildren, and there was one guy still out there, still doing his thing, completely inconsequential to the outcome of World War II. It's the same here. We're going through a struggle. It's completely inconsequential to the final outcome. You would think, why doesn't the devil just surrender? I think there's a clue in the name. You know, dominion of darkness. There's nothing good about him. If he can do anything on his way down to cause one more bit of pain, one more bit of damage, then he will. If we could have slide 17, please. So we're, we're in a battle. We embrace the battle. We're going to be prepared for the battle next week. We understand the context of the battle is, as an individual Christian, we're on the winning side. And I know, I know Christmas Day's past, and um, we've kind of done with Christmas messages. I was going to say the trees are still up, probably two or three. I drove here this morning and behind a, a guy taking his tree to the tip. It's... Some of you will have already taken your trees down, I know, your tinsel will be already in the boxes ready for next year, but but I'm I'm still living the Christmas dream for a few more days. We talk about light at Christmas quite a bit, Uh, and this scripture says, you know, the light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness does not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it or absorb it. And is unreceptive to it. This is the amplified translation of the Bible. Some people call it God's multi-choice Bible. You can pick whichever one you think works best. But it gives you all the different options of the, the translation of the original Greek word. And it's talking here about light and darkness. And, and we, we actually read this scripture on Christmas Eve when we were gathered here with our candles. And, and quite a lot of us were here and we were singing some carols, and we were celebrating that. Jesus, the light of the world, had come. The light which gives light to mankind. The light which gives light to humans. The kingdom of light is where we belong. The kingdom of light is what's within us and shines through us. And there's a dynamic that I want us to finish with, which is The dynamic between light and darkness. If we could just have the next slide, please. See, this is the way it works. Darkness can just simply not overcome light. The tiniest, faintest light with the fewest watts going through it is still visible in the darkest darkness. The size and the expanse of the darkness have no impact. The scale of the darkness, the intensity of the darkness, it's not relevant, there just is darkness. And when you put light into darkness, the darkness can in no way overcome the light. However, if we could have the next slide. When we flip the tables round and we put light into darkness, Actually, it's completely the opposite. No matter how much darkness there is, light penetrates through. There is not darkness so thick that light cannot have an effect on the darkness surrounding it. Darkness does not have an effect on the light that surrounds it, but light has an effect on the darkness that it surrounds, the darkness that it goes into. And like I said, uh, I've given us no application this morning and I go through struggles and, and I have emotions and they go up and they go down as emotions do. And sometimes I'm feeling good and I'm, I'm ready to take the world for Jesus and sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm doubting myself and doubting everything and finding things hard and having particular things that are coming against me. And there are things we can do to help us with that struggle. But all those things are helpful, but if I just remember this one thing, I almost don't need them, because this one thing is enough. Actually, as, as the, the band DC. Talk used to say, you know, I've got J.C. living inside of me. I've got the light of the world inside of me, and that light, however dim, however like I, I kind of like block it and I'm fairly opaque, some of it is coming through. And not only am I going to get through the struggle, not only are you going to get through the struggle, but by being a Christian in your community, by doing what you're doing with your friends, by being like you are with your family when they're like they are to you, in some way, as well as getting through the struggle, there's some of the light of Jesus coming through you, coming into that darkness. So, so let's not finish with, how do we get through the struggle? Let's finish with, we have the light of the world shining through us. As we go through our struggles, there's some of that light of Jesus going into the dominion of darkness in this city, in our communities, in our families. Let's see that as we as Christians struggle through life, something that with effort we overcome... We make an impact on the dominion of darkness, and we see other people come from the dominion of darkness and join us in the kingdom of light. So I want to finish this morning by saying, look, church, let's be encouraged. Let's not, let's not be, oh, boy, you know, the Christian life is one with challenges. Yes, it is one with challenges, but the opportunities to be an ambassador for Christ You know, I'm looking at people here and I'm thinking, you know, I'm saying I might not be putting out many watts of the light of Christ. You know, some of you, I think you're putting out a lot of watts from the light of Christ. As a community here together, we're a shining beacon for Christ in Hull. You know, we we say a lot about our city. We say we love our city. Um, We're so glad to be in this city. We want to bless our city. Have you heard us say that? We want to bless our city. Well, you know what? There's another thing. We are a blessing to our city. Hull is good to have us. It's good for Hull that we are here. It's good for Hull that this community of people that love Jesus is here. Because we have got the answer. We have got the light of Jesus. So let's finish in prayer. God... I just want to pray this morning that there's something that sticks. There's elements of knowledge, there's elements of encouragement, there's elements of challenge, there's elements of vision. And God, for each of us here, the aspects of that that we've looked at this morning in this message, the aspects of that which are from you... Lord help us grasp hold of them in our hearts. Lord help us as we go through the struggle, remind us, remind us that this is something that we're in, that with difficulty we get there, with difficulty we we succeed. And it's worth the struggle. It's worth the struggle. Thank you Jesus. That we have the ability to help people come out of the dominion of darkness. And Lord, I pray that collectively in 2019, in North Hull in our church plans, I pray that we, we will see you, we will see your light shining into communities in Hull that have not yet been reached. And Lord, let our focus not be on our struggle, but let our focus be on the extension of your kingdom. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Let's just stand together, shall we? Thank you so much, Mark. That's so helpful. Just turn to your neighbour. Tell them you are a light in this city. Tell somebody behind you, in front of you. Tell them they're a light. They're a light. We have the victory together in Christ, don't we? That was so helpful to hear from God this morning. There's many people here who are uh, new Christians, maybe you're new to the life of Jubilee, and it's so important to understand these truths that we've been learning about this morning, whether it's through the worship about who we are in Christ, who Jesus is, what our battle is. And we have a special course that we're starting just in a week's time uh, called our Foundations course. It's four weeks where we look at what it is to be a Christian, what it is to live out this life as a Christian. And so if you're a new Christian or you're new to Jubilee and you really want to understand what it is to have those foundational truths in your life, we'd love to invite you. Maybe you've just been on our Alpha course. The Foundation course is taking place here on four Tuesdays. So please do take up a leaflet at the information point. Take a leaflet about the Foundation course. We'd love you to invite you. But all of us together, we're going to sing a song of worship that's come before God again. Focus again on him and receive from him.